0: ladies and gentlemen it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world the sixth sense media podcast with your host Mike Phelan all right so we're talking about uh, cup of cheer right yeah so it's a unless I unless I completely misread the the trailer it is a parody of uh, like Lifetime and ABC Family Christmas movies, right?
1: <laughs> now you, you interpreted it correctly. It I, just, not... I just wanted to make
0: sure, because I feel like yeah, I'm kind of getting, getting out of touch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where did this, I, I'm pretty sure where the idea came from, but where? what gave you that inspiration to actually make this a, a thing?
1: Yeah, um, after my first feature, um, All About Who You Know, that's what it's called, Um, I was taking a lot of meetings with people, um, and a lot of the time I would hear, oh, well, yeah, that, your movie was pretty good, but if you want to make any money, you should make a Hallmark or Lifetime, uh, movie, because that's where the money is, and so that just didn't sound appealing to me, um, and I tend to do the opposite of whatever people tell me to, so I thought it'd be really fun to do the opposite uh, of a Hallmark movie, which is just to completely make fun of it because they're all really the same. And uh, to, you know, to, to do something really, really funny with uh, the concept, which is, you know, that every, the plot line of all these movies are the same. And it's, it would be a lot of fun to make fun of it and take something wholesome and turn it into something completely ridiculous.
0: I'm surprised at how many times they can make the same movie. It's like they have a a template script and they just drop in character They do. I've seen it. Character character occupation and uh, menial struggle that that character is having. And then the rest kind of fills itself out. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really, that's exactly right. And so it was really
1: funny. It was really fun to write it because you don't have to, you get to focus entirely on jokes rather than plot because the Mm -hmm. plot, is going to be the same no matter what. <laughs>
0: oh, when uh, for the comedy writing process for you, how do you go about crafting your jokes?
1: Um, so for this one, it was me and my uh, co-writer Andy Lewis, and basically we had the idea to do this. Um, we knew, you know, we knew immediately it was going to be called Cup of Cheer. It was going to be about a struggling hot cocoa shop in a small town and it's girl from the big city and all those plot points um so we kind of roughly uh sketched out what the outline was going to be with an idea for jokes and how to twist things around like you know wouldn't it be funny if for the town for the, the thing at the end of every movie where the town gets together for their annual christmas eve tradition wouldn't it be funny if so and so happened so we basically just sat next to each other um and we'd each take turns writing a scene, and then when we were done the scene, we would pass it to the we would pass it off to each other and just see what made the other person laugh. That was really all it was. We were just writing jokes that made us laugh, and then we figured that that was a pretty good sign that something was funny.
0: I noticed uh, when I watched the trailer for it, there was that there's that hint of like that old school Zucker uh, yes. kind of comedy where he, where yeah. the the thing you see that's funny doesn't have a permanent presence. It immediately goes away. So that's, right. that, that's great. Cause then you don't linger on the joke and you don't stay there forever. You got your sight gag in and then yeah. you're moving on to the next thing. You're not making a half hour thing <laughs> about one joke, which is, thank, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so was, grateful for that.
1: <laughs> part of our uh, writing process. Actually, we made a list of rules of, what our favorite comedies, including Airplane and all those Sucker movies, follow. Uh, And we actually, like, sort of looked at them very analytically and counted the jokes. Because every joke is a throwaway joke. And we determined that there's usually one joke every 10 seconds. So that was exactly what we tried to copy. We tried to copy that joke ratio where um, something is funny, immediately there's something else funny, and that never lets up for an hour and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but then you have to balance that out by having all your actors play it straight so how difficult is that to accomplish that was actually one of
1: the most fun parts for me directing it was just to make sure that everybody plays it straight and that they that nobody is in on the joke Um, because i feel that the worst you know what i think parody movies have a dirty name from movies like scary movie and all those movies running it into the ground in the early 2000s and I think that a big reason for that is because nothing is played straight somebody like somebody gets hit in the balls and then all the other characters react to it with a stupid face and then like that joke just goes on forever (laughs) so for us it was more of an issue of making we wanted this to be believable as a Hallmark movie. And even though all these jokes keep happening, we want the characters to just continue on through it as if no one has said anything funny.
0: Leave the the reaction to your audience, not to your character. Exactly.
1: It's like the equivalent of having a laugh track. You know, I think (laughs) it's funnier if you catch the joke on your own. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was your casting process like? Um, It's funny because all these Hallmark uh, and Lifetime movies are actually generally filmed up here uh, in Canada. And so we auditioned hundreds of local actors and all of them had said, this is so funny because I've done 10 of these auditions in real life uh, this week. So they were all auditioning for the real thing while they were doing our completely ridiculous thing. So we had a really good, we had a huge, like we had such a good pick of actors cause they all, totally understood what we were doing and they all wanted to be on board. They all thought it was really funny. Um, So we ended up just, you know, narrowing that down further and further. And then we called people in for auditions and chemistry reads. And we just found people that were so, so funny while still being genuinely good dramatic actors. Like the acting in this movie, I think, is way better than it needs to be. (laughs) And we just got, you know, we just thankfully chose people that are really, really, really good.
0: One thing I was expecting, which I, I know it, it was probably a long shot, and it's also probably hard to get him to sign on to, but I was half expecting Eric Roberts somewhere. To just kinda <laughs> walk, because he appears in the past like five interviews I've done for Lifetime movies, yeah. Eric Roberts is always in there somewhere, even if it's oh, yeah. just a five-minute <laughs> cameo role. At least he always shows up. He's like a staple for lifetime movies i was just surprised that he didn't didn't just happen to show up and it's just as a walk-on or something (laughs) i uh i'm gonna take that idea for the sequel (laughs) you make an entire movie that's just uh eric roberts walk-on cameos yes exactly (laughs) that's Uh, just his life
1: it's the eric roberts story
0: (laughs) uh did you run into any uh, any issues Indie filmmaking is always, it always has its trials and tribulations. Did you run, run into any kind of issues when, uh, during production? Um, well, the interesting thing, I mean, I guess,
1: yes. Um, because, uh, because we're not, um, a real Hallmark movie, we have, you know, a fraction of a fraction of the budget that they have. Um, they've, they shot, they shoot in all the same places as us, the same little cute small towns and stuff. Uh, with the same crew but they can afford to do it in june or july uh because they have the budget to spray fake snow everywhere since we didn't have that option we had to film in february when it was consistently you know minus 30 degrees fahrenheit outside um it was like during a period of the coldest month on record and it was like just we were outside constantly trying to get real snow and real locations and stuff uh, and it was really, really, really fucking cold.
0: <laughs> but you have that air of uh, realism to it then, where it doesn't look like it's a, it's an early summer. Exactly, in, yeah. In some part of Canada. <laughs> in all these movies, I can always see, like, just beyond the block they're
1: filming, you can see all the summer trees with green leaves and everything. <laughs> and you can also tell that the like the snow is just like shaving cream sprayed on the floor and stuff. Yeah. Here you can see people's breath and uh, their eyes freezing
0: and uh their skin's all the a little blotchy and yeah exactly and it has that whole gray kind of tone to it which is that's something i feel i live i live in florida and yeah it's something insulting when i see a film that's set in wintertime and i could tell it, it, it's the exact same climate that i deal with 365 <laughs> days a year I'm like I, I just don't buy this just yeah and they're fuck, all just in a light jacket yeah yeah <laughs> i feel sorry for actors that have to do that have to wear winter clothing in probably 80 or 90 degree weather yeah exactly that's i I can guarantee that's better than
1: wearing winter clothing in minus 30 degree weather uh
0: was there any particular part of the film that is that is your favorite oh um or at least one one particular joke that even when you just think about it you just kind of get <laughs> you kind of into that into that uh that good spirit I think one of my favorite jokes um there's so there's so
1: many that just sort of like boil down the essence of the movie in in a few words. I think the stupidest joke and for some reason one of the, my favorite my personal favorites is that um the the uh, lead um Lead female um, Mary in the movie, her name is Mary, she gets tapped on the shoulder um, by the prince who travels back in time, obviously, because they're in every one of these movies. But she gets, she gets tapped on the shoulder and there's just like a throwaway line. She's like, she has surprise. And so she says, oh, my private shoulder. And it's just such a stupid line. It doesn't mean anything. And it immediately goes away. But I just think it's like a funny few words. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one of my last questions, which is probably the most important one, is where and when will people be able to see uh, Cup of Cheer? Yeah, um, so it,
1: um, in the U.S. it comes out, um, on VOD on November 6th, on whatever VOD, uh, platforms, and it is going to be exclusively, uh, streaming for free to everybody on Tubi. Um will be one of the first movies actually to release entirely for free from day one on Tubi. So that's really exciting. It means that everybody can get a chance to see it.
0: You've been listening to the Six Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at sixsense.com and Fanbolt.com.